Hello, welcome back into the Bobcat Roundtable. Coulter Nuanas reporting for 1057-1047 FM, the Eagle, Montana Superstation, both Bozeman and Big Sky. It's December, playoff football back at Bobcat Stadium. It's been a minute, but uh, it's good to have a meaningful playoff game at Bobcat Stadium. The second round, Montana State, the fifth-seeded team in the tournament, hosts the University of Albany some 2,400 miles away. Joined this week in the Bobcat Roundtable by Kane Ione, former Montana State player, now the Bobcat defensive coordinator. And first and foremost, Coach Ione, talk about that element of it. I mean, you're talking about a team that Montana State's never played a team from the CAA, I guess since New Hampshire, and I think that's only the second time that a Colonial Athletic Association team has come to Bozeman. I mean, Albany's on the other side of the world. Like Coach Chilton said earlier, I mean, it, he's never even been to New York. So what's it like trying to prepare for a team that's just from so far away? And that's, that's what's so cool and unique about the playoff system is you do get that opportunity to play against teams that play in different conferences from around the country. And so you get a chance to really test yourselves as, as a program, obviously, but also you get a chance to uh, demonstrate what the Big Sky Conference is all about and kind of put that uh, out on display as well. Uh, but it's also just fun to have different programs. Different, you get a chance to meet different coaches that are coming out here and getting a chance to experience Bozeman for the first time. And, and we get to introduce them to what uh, Montana State football is all about and what this great place, Bozeman in particular, has to offer as far as the football atmosphere. And so I think it's it's just a fun thing to be around and be a part of. And, and we're truly blessed to, to have this opportunity. Montese has played some teams from the Northeast in recent years. Monmouth came to town some six years ago. You guys played Stony Brook in the playoffs. Uh, Wagner, Bryant, those those sorts of teams. But to me, this this Albany team, they look a little bit similar to that Stony Brook team in the fact that they got a, good, a really good power running back. They use some tight ends. They got big physical guys. How would you describe just the way that this Albany team looks on film? <laughs> it's really funny you brought that up, man, because obviously I'm, I'm – New here on staff, but really kind of an old dog as well. And so I remember that Stony. I was on the Stony Brook staff, right? Uh, as far as Stony, uh, on the staff that played against Stony Brook, so I remember that team in particular. It, it's uh, a really good call by you because that's what I kind of thought of when I started watching them on film. And I remember Stony Brook had a really good dynamic receiver that year, and, and this uh, Albany team has a couple of those guys, and one guy in particular, Juwan Green, who's got. 16 touchdowns on the year, so they've got the ability to really stretch the field. Their quarterback's a young quarterback that's got a great arm uh, and does a really good job as far as just running their offense and doing what they're asking to do as far as the RPO game and, and uh, obviously been very productive. And, and then they've got a running back, two running backs really, but uh, number 21, really good football player, 1,200-plus yards, um, and they're they're big, they're physical, they're, they're a good downhill running football team. So they prevent, present some difficulties. Uh, you know, that the Stony Brook team was a little bit different in the fact that, hey, they're going to line up, and you know they're, they're going to get under center, which is uh, nowadays is very weird and awkward for all of us defenders <laughs> to see a guy get under center, uh, where um, Albany's coming out of more of your traditional, what now you call traditional, spread offense, shotgun a majority of the time. Uh, spread the ball around a little bit, but still have that good downhill running back and, or downhill running game that you got to defend first and foremost. You mentioned the quarterback, uh, Jeff Undercuffler, the redshirt freshman. He's having a, a historic season. He threw six touchdown passes last week, four in the third quarter alone, which tied an FCS single-game record uh, in Albany's 42-14 win over Central Connecticut State. 
And he's got 39 touchdown passes this season, which breaks an all-time FCS record for freshmen in a single season. I know who he reminds me of, Coach, but I want to ask you first. Who does he remind you of in terms of uh, Big Sky quarterbacks that you've played? Big Sky quarterbacks? That's a, that's a great one. I think, to me, he was a combination of uh, the Nip out of northern Colorado mm-hmm. and then um, southern Utah's guy. Mm-hmm. So those two combined together, I thought, uh, is what we get with, with Undercuffler. Um, really good football player. I, I feel bad for the CAA because uh, he's just a redshirt freshman. And this kid's just going to get better and better uh, as he continues to progress. And 39 touchdowns already over redshirt freshman year. And, I mean, he's, he's doing a very good job of operating, like I said before, and just doing what they're asking to do and, and finding the open guys and, and really throwing some guys open when he needs to. And, and he's athletic enough to get out of trouble and, and make some plays with his feet when he needs to. Um, so he, he definitely presents a problem in that uh, he's got a big, strong, accurate arm and uh, is just a, a big guy in general. And so, no, he's he's going to be trouble for the CAA over the course of half of the years. And fortunately, we just got this uh, one shot at him on Saturday, and, and um, hopefully we don't have to see him too many times after that. Ken Ione joining us on the Bobcat Roundtable this week. Jacob Nip is a good comparison. I also thought he reminded me of Case Cookus, especially the way he throws the ball down the field, too. They take a ton of shots. You mentioned number four. Take- you mentioned number four, Jawan Green, and I, to me, the guy looks like he has elite speed. Just watching him mm-hmm. fly down the field and undercuffler on our ESPN Montana show earlier this week, he said, "Hey, if I get him one on one, I'm I'm throwing it to him. Period. I don't care. I'm throwing him the ball if he's one on one. So, how do you not let that happen? How do you not let uh, number four, Jawan Green, get isolated? Yeah, exactly. And that's that's you see that on film where he, what he just said is is very true when it comes to when you see it on film." When they see the matchup they want on the outside, they have the ability to just take that shot, and they take those shots quite often, and they've, been, they've connected on those things a lot. Uh, 16 times for touchdowns, over 1,000-plus yards. So um, we've got to do a good job in the back end of understanding where number four is on the field at all times, trying to mix up as much as I can as far as as a coordinator, give them different looks and make sure that they can't just look out and go, hey, Awesome. I've got this matchup over here. Or I've got this matchup over here. So we've got to do a great job of just mixing up as much as we can on, on first and second down. And, and uh, uh, you know, the biggest thing for us, as always, is we've got to stop the run. Stop the run and make them one-dimensional. Now it allows you to do some things a little bit differently in the back end um, to hopefully prevent getting that guy one-on-one on the outside because he is a very good football player that uh, attacks the ball well in the air, has – really good speed and does a great job off the line of scrimmage as far as his route running is concerned. And so he, he's a problem when it's all said and done. And they do a good job of, of finding ways to, to get him uh, matchups and one-on-ones throughout their offense. Montana State with the number five seed in this year's playoff bracket, coming off a first-round bye, first first-round bye since 2012 at Montana State. So an impressive accomplishment for a team that's continued to improve over these last few seasons. But, Coach, the last time out, i got to ask you about the Cat Grizz game. You guys had one of the best performances I've seen in the rivalry game, and you had a resounding win over Montana, 48-14, which helped stamp that number five seed and solidify your spot among the nation's elite this season. So, two-part question. First of all, what was that moment like for you as basically a lifetime Bobcat to win in such a uh, dominant way? And secondly, how do you not then – have a hangover from that game and and refocus and get ready for this this playoff game. 
Yeah. So the first off, first part of your question, um, it was that was obviously uh, extremely fun to say the least. Uh, that that is a performance that you build for throughout the season. You want to play your best football in November, and I think as a, overall as a team, you could just sense that we were just continuously getting better. That was our goal uh, throughout the year. That's what we talked about every single week, every single day. Is let's get better, incrementally better every single time we're out there. And we did that over the course of uh, however many months and specifically through the month of November. And uh, that concluded with a great performance in our biggest game as far as the rivalry is concerned. And uh, also in a game in which we knew, hey, if we can put on, get the W here and, and put ourselves in position to potentially host a playoff, a second round playoff game. And so that was the goal going into it. And uh, our guys put their best performance together, and it was fun to watch, man. It really was. And as, like you said, as a, an alumnus and a, a truly Bobcat that's been through a lot of these Cat-Grizz rivalry games, to see that performance, the way it went, man, it's, that, was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, but to the second part of your question, hey, when it's all said and done, that, we want to win that game. Don't get me wrong. That is a huge part of our program goals is to, to win that rivalry game. It's a big part for this program, for our alumni, for the state, uh, state bragging rights for a year. But it's still about the big picture, and it's still about us continuing on the path of just getting better every single day and every opportunity that we have putting our best performance out there. And so as long as we stay on that track and we continue on the process that we've built on here, I think that will help take away from the hangover and potentially the letdown coming off of that game. Um, you know, the biggest thing that we've got to fight now is, is really uh, we've had that week off to kind of, hey, you know, you've got to celebrate that victory for what it was. You get that week off, you go eat a bunch of turkey and a bunch of food for a couple of days, you get some time home and away, and this includes the coaches as well. Now all of a sudden you get yourself in a position to where uh, everyone's got to get back into your routine. And so that was kind of the challenge over the course of this week, early in the week, is getting ourselves back into that routine, getting our back into that mindset of we've got to get continuously get better and put our best performance on the on field uh, to, to date on Saturday. Ken Ione, Montana State defensive coordinator, joining us. Montana State hosts the University of Albany Great Danes, Bobcat Stadium. 1 p.m. kickoff, second round of the FCS playoffs. Bobcats back in the postseason for the second straight year. Should be a fun game. Get down to the field because it's not even supposed to be cold. It's supposed to be in the low 40s. That's like a miracle in December in Montana. So I hope everybody comes out and watches you guys. But, Kane, appreciate the time today. Best of luck on Saturday. Hey, thank you very much, Colter. Always a pleasure, man.